in the sight of God. Amen. In Revelations 14, verse 13, one of the famous verses, I don't know of how many funerals in Ghana that don't hear this verse, but it's still worth reading. Since then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And their works do follow them. And their works do follow them. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you give me understanding of your word, that I may communicate it the way you want it to be, that we shall be affected, and indeed we shall bear fruit that befit you, and all men will know that we have been with you. Be glorified this day amongst us, in Jesus' name, amen. We're speaking about working for God, working for God. If I ask everybody here whether they are working for God, everybody will tell me that he or she is working for God one way or the other. Amen. This church believes in talking about eternity, especially the life after here. And one of the things that we must know is that when you are born again or you receive Jesus into your heart as a Christian, your name enters the book of life. Hallelujah. But for you to access certain things in the kingdom of God, I believe that like we've just read, our works that we do for the Lord and in the name of the Lord will be weighed. And when we are, they are weighed, they would matter in heaven. Hallelujah. So, what I'm saying is that after you are born again, you must also look at what you do for God. And you must have a full understanding of what it means to work for God. Because, you see, when you are, many people, when they get born again, they come with their traditional church understanding of what it means to work for God. So some people believe that if you give money to the church, your money is working for God. It's partially true, but it's not wholly true. Amen. Because when you support the gospel, some way, somehow, your resource will translate into soul winning. It will support those who are preaching the gospel. When you give a tithe and you support the ministry and the church and the pastors, it affects the work of God. But Paul prayed for Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. And he said that you must be complete, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in every good way. When you look at the Amplified and the, the New King James, it talks about completeness, total. Now, the problem is that many people are very incomplete. When it comes to working for God. But they are complete in their own eyes. And they think that is the pastor or is the church that is trying to make them feel incomplete. So they have to satisfy themselves. In this postmodern generation of rationalization, it's your viewpoint depends on your point of view. And whether it is in the word or not, me, that's not how I understand it. 
I understand it that if I go to church, I'm also serving God. I'm working for God. If I give an offering, if I help the poor, it's also working for God. If I do A or B or C, even preachers also sometimes fall into that trap. Sometimes people, some, a teacher can say that you can do all you want to do, but after all that you are doing, if you are not taught in wisdom, you are not, your work for God is not complete. Or an evangelist will say, if you are not so winning, you are not working for God. So the church is often very confused as to what really it means to work for God. And this afternoon, we want to trust God that when we are done, we will be complete. We will be thoroughly equipped. Thorough means that every detail, what we will cover ground. The Ghana army says, by land, by sea, by air. So the enemy has nowhere to escape to. The only part they are not able to cover is the spiritual realm. One of the things soldiers fear a lot is juju or black magic. When somebody is in military, many people in the past, you couldn't cross a certain line until you had something around your, your waist. These days, there are many born-again generals who fear the Lord, so they don't need things around their waist. Because they are told that they, by land, by sea, by air, you can cover. But when it comes to the spiritual realm, tukbe, and things that happen in the spiritual realm, nobukwe, noboku, and places like that. And in the Otiri area, they have Tigari. Tigari is from Oti area. And people used to fear a lot. When you say, I've been to Tigari. It says, encounter a few things, then you are afraid. But we want to cover all ground as children of God. So that on that day, we will not be disappointed. I want to be complete in every good work. I believe that being a full-time minister is a good work. But I don't think it's all that there is to the good work of God. Hallelujah. Being a protocol usher is a good work. Being an evangelist is a good work. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. So it's a work. What is work? When you exert yourself to achieve results, contribute to bring increase, if you are just there and things just pass through, you are not exerting, it's not work. But when you are con- consciously, diligently, intentionally using your energy to contribute to a cause for it to yield results, then you say you are working. Usually you, you exert energy, you sweat, you give some energy, financial energy, mental energy, physical energy. That is work. I want to us to engage as many kinds of work in the ministry as we can before we pray. Number one is the work of salvation. Every child of God, you cannot do the work of ministry or the work of God unless you have worked the work of salvation. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13 tells us, Oftentimes we take the first part and we leave it. Where it says, Wherefore, my, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. Then verse 13 says, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, it's very important, many of us, tend to think that you and I can work salvation out. No, the, the, the caveat is there. He says, for. Because. For means, in that context, the for means because. Or the reason why and how you can work your salvation is because God is working in you. We, we, our salvation is a response to the work of God. 
We are working our salvation out because God has already worked out by Christ dying and by a preacher being sent to you and I to believe. That is the work of God. And our being saved is a response to that which God has sent. He said he sent his word and his word healed them and delivered them from their transgression. So you, whatever you do in your course of your salvation is not your initiative. Say amen. It's not my initiative. But God, through his mercies, through his grace, has sent somebody or brought you to church or through his your divine providence, you just opened the Bible and your eyes were opened and you realized you are a sinner and you gave your life to Jesus. That is how you get saved. Now, the work of salvation is the things we do to maintain our hold onto that salvation we have received. Say amen. So when you come to church, it is some work of a sort. But it's not complete work. You come to church to build up your spirit. When you do your quiet time, it's a work of salvation. When you cut off from bad friends who can cause you to backslide, it's a work of salvation. When you memorize scripture, it's a work of salvation. When you have the ability to attend a prayer meeting, to build up yourself, speak in tongues, and encourage one another, it's a work of salvation. It's all to ensure that the journey into the, 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 the presence of the Lord in the time that we spend in the afterlife and even whilst we are living today is in the presence of the Lord is assured. It's a work of salvation. To, to remain in the faith is a work of salvation. Whatever you do, avoiding sin and taking on to righteousness is a work of salvation. Amen. So if there's any work, you see, you, all the works that we do in the Lord cannot be effective unless the work of salvation is complete. Hallelujah. Note it. Any work you are doing, whether it is works of good, I'll talk about other works of good, any works, works of kindness, works of righteousness, whatever you are doing, mission work, evangel- anything, if it's not based on the work, of, the work of salvation is incomplete. You cannot give what you do not have. That's what Paul told Timothy. The things you have seen and heard of me from many witnesses commit to faithful men. So when you don't have, you can't give. So the work of salvation is very, very important. That's why the assurance of salvation we read about in First uh, 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 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, when we talk about we are assured that he loved us and we love him back and all of that, and that we believe that if we have received him, we are saved. That thing must be ingrained in your DNA. Nothing should, like Paul said to the, to, the, to, the, to the Romans, nothing should persuade you to leave Christ. I am fully persuaded. That persuasion, of, it is part of the work of salvation. That conviction, you will not go and read any Buddhist book, any Hindu book, anything which will make you confused. No. You are assured that you are born again. You are a child of God. You remain as a child of God. I'm not giving up. I'm, not, I'm relentless in serving the Lord. I will serve him all the days of my life. Hallelujah. That is the work of salvation, which Christ has wrought, which you remain in establishing him. You are, you are unshaking, immovable, always abounding in his life. That is the work of salvation. The second important work is the works of fruit. The works of the fruit, the works that yield the fruit that shows in Christ. Now, that is not the same. Because if you are remaining in Christ, you, you, you hold on to your faith, it's different. If you read the book of Acts in chapter 9, verse 36 to 43, the Bible said there was a, a woman called Dorcas. And when she died, the brethren said that this woman, she was so kind. She sold many clothes for us. She did many things. Her kindness was something, a work. Her righteousness was a work. Her goodness was a work. When we labor, when we show kindness, when we show love, when we are merciful, we see your works. And we read, if you read Romans, uh, uh, Matthew 25, you see that the Lord, some people entered into heaven and they were asking, the Lord was asking, or they were asking the Lord that uh, this, um, this place that we have come to, why did you accept us? Then the Lord said, 
The things you did, as people were poor, people were hungry, you gave them food, you clothed them, you did that. That is also another form of work. See, but that in itself, without salvation, is incomplete. That's empty works. That's what Ephesians 4 talks about, Ephesians chapter 2. So you cannot say, I, Christmas is coming, I'm going to do salaka, I'm going to line up, change oh, uh, 200 notes, plenty into 10, 10, 10, 10, and stand in a corner, and everybody come, I'll buy them cake, I'll buy them biscuits, and that is a, a, a good work. That's a good work. It's a kind work. It will be remembered, but the motivation must come from the work of salvation and the connection you have with Christ. Hallelujah. Going to just take the second work without Christ at the center, without the motive of making it our aim to please Christ, is a different kind of work altogether. It will not survive. Amen. The third work that I want to talk about briefly is very important. Is the work of souls. We sing the song in the field of souls. Together, you and I, we work the field of souls. Now, this is also something which is very confusing to many believers. Paul said that I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. First Corinthians three six. Many people feel that oh, let me focus on just the planting of the word, and that is the work. No. The watering is just as important as the planting. In fact, when you look at the mandate that God gave to mankind, let's look at Genesis 2 verse 15 in the Amplified. You see the original mandate of working for God. Amplified. Look at it. It says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, number one, to tend. Number two, to guard. And number three, to keep it. Now, all these jobs were critical to please God. If you tend without guarding, the goats will stray in and consume whatever you are tending. Hallelujah. If you just plant and the birds, that's why sometimes you see on certain fields, I didn't understand when I was younger. So why do they put sheds and uh, t-shirts colored red, gold, green on farms. And first I used to think it was juju. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I was younger, there was a man in Bubuashi near our school and he used to have a garden and we thought he was a fetish person. So we thought, oh, this man is practicing idolatry. Then later I found out that the, the bears of the air, they come and sometimes steal the plants when they, they are young. So, to avoid that, they put this thing, their caricature there, so that the best thing that human beings are working on the farm. Scarecrow. Hallelujah. So, it's part of the process of gardening the plant, so it will grow. So, when, we, we, when people are saved, and nobody nurtures them, they don't have anybody uh, teaching them the word of God, praying with them, visiting them, and, uh, and discipling them and building them up and teaching them what it means to go to church how, what it means to have your quiet time what it means to pray and how to live their life in Christ is incomplete hallelujah it's, it's called the working on souls the field, working on the people that are in the kingdom nurturing building, sowing a seed and there are many people who go to church that is not in the agenda at all they, 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 they just love to be around. Maybe they are good ushers. They are good protocol. They are good prayer warriors. But they don't, that's not in their, on their program. But Paul said to Timothy, that you may be complete in every good way. Tell your neighbor, be complete. Be complete. So when you have sown, water it. When you have watered, nurture it. When you have nurtured, guard it. So that is what some of you, some of us think that, oh, why should pastor talk about maybe false prophet and false teacher and false, you don't know that you, it's a, a, the duty of every believer, not only the pastor, to tell, to guard your soul from corruption, from false prophets, from evil things, from bad company. Today we are so liberal in our Christian experience that even if I see a brother or a sister going out with an unbeliever who can mislead him or her, 
the pastor even is afraid to say it. Because if I say it, it's my life. Who are you to tell me who should be my friend? But it's part of the guarding process. To watch and say, the book you are reading, the kind of films you are watching, the kind of association you are into can derail your faith. The pastor should be able to feel free. The leader or whoever, your husband, your wife, should be able to say, this comment I heard you make is not like a Christian. You are born again, but this thing can lead you into trouble. And we should be willing and humble enough to say, okay, my sister, my dear, my husband, my wife, I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'll listen. But today, people don't talk about it. So because of that, many people, that work of souls is incomplete. Nobody is a watchman over his neighbor. It's for defense. Jude 3, 4 says, we should defend, contend earnestly for the Contention is a job. It's a work. Contend. You're your God. When you see, I've seen many books. I'm not ashamed to say it. I've seen people read books. That are, if I see you reading Lobster and Rampa, I seize it and destroy it. If I see you reading Mormon book, I'll tell you, this is not good for you. And I'll take it from you. And now, it's part of my job. It's the work I have to do. I will not pamper it by saying, oh, anyway, you want to be broad-minded, go and read uh, The Third Eye by Los Arampa. No, I won't let you read it. I will tell, give me, and I will show you why it's not good. I'll explain to you why it's dangerous. It, I've got all the people that in my youthful days I saw reading Los Arampa books, they got mad. They were contaminated by spiritual things. Demons entered into them. I've seen people go wild, crazy, reading Eastern books. You, you, well, you know some of them, Morgan. They went crazy. So I won't go and, if, I, if you're a Christian, and you say, oh, oh, it's nothing. Oh, they go and read over witness book. If I see you carrying Watchtower magazine, I'll collect it. It won't be yours again. Because I know that you, your, your faith can be derailed. It's my duty. You too, it's your duty. Say, be one another's keeper. The guy is born again, but the kind of association he or she is caught in is likely to endanger them. You have a work. To protect them. Say, God, tend. God, keep. But because we think, oh, I don't want to disturb him. If I say he'll be angry with me. If I say he'll cry with me. And all of these things. And we allow people to just go off and go off and go off. Before you realize the backsliding. You have to make, as a child of God, if you want to be remembered in heaven. You want to receive a reward. Work the work. Not just of your souls. Of your own soul. Your own salvation. Not just of your own fruit. That, oh, I mean, I want to be good. I want to be righteous. I want to be Christian. I don't want to create any trouble. Your duty is also to invite people to Christ, nurture them, defend them against falsehood. It's part of our job. That is the total work we are doing as ministers. Not for pastors. It's for every child of God. Every one of us. We have that responsibility. Say amen. Even that we haven't started ministry. There is something we call the work of the ministry, which is what we read in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, The pastors and apostles and teachers and co, our job, our primary job, is not to be always visiting you every day and encouraging you. Our job is to, if we are visiting you, because we know you are a potential pastor too. That's the ideal thing. The pastor's job, he says, to equip, bring it there, bring it there. Chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, so that you can see. Don't see I'm saying fable. And he gave all these titles, verse 11, 12. For the perfecting of the saints. So, my job, or the pastor, Reverend Dennis, Pastor Bimpo, every pastor who preaches to you, his job is not for you to just be a good Christian. No. If you just become a good Christian, I haven't fulfilled my assignment. Second Timothy 2, 2 says so. If, you, if I just win one soul and my wife and my children are all good Christians, every Sunday we come to church, I have not done my job. You too, you have not done your job. Because he says, for me as a pastor, my job is that I must perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. The people who come under me must do ministry work. What is ministry work? They must serve God. They must be trained to know how to be serviceable, to be humble, not to be proud. Not to be full of themselves, but to sit down and help other people. Teach them about Christ. If I'm not doing that, I haven't finished my work. You too, as I am teaching you, you too, you must teach somebody. Ask yourself, who are you teaching? Who are you raising? 
It means you haven't even started. You have been doing work of salvation. You have been doing work. You are doing just one or two. You have only two stages of the work. And when you get the pay for only stage two, then you get angry. When you are working for Barclays Absa, when you are a B1 officer, a B2 officer, a B3 officer, and you rise up to B7, you get different rewards. When you are B2, you get a different reward. When you are B3, you get... So, you, 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 if you are not recommended to go higher, how do you get a higher reward? Jesus said it. If you are faithful, Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and verse 12. If you are faithful in that which is little, he will give you much. If you are faithful in that which is another man, he will give you your own. So there is a promise for an increase. When I am faithful, I must not be at the same place. You must not be at the same place. I'm not talking about post. I'm not talking about position. In spiritual maturity, in ability to perceive the things of God, you must not be at the same place. In the, you see, there, may be, there, there can be somebody in a congregation who may not be even having a title of pastor or bishop, but he's not in the same place. He has moved spiritually. He understands and perceives spiritual things. There are many people who may be even holding titles. So it's not that. We are not talking title here. We are talking about spiritual perception and capacity. Ability to, 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 to fly through the spiritual realm and to accomplish things. That is what we are talking about. Once upon a time, even in this church, just two days ago I met her. There was a sister here called Asabia. Some of you know her. She had, there about a third of the church were her, so her converts. Tell me if I'm lying. About a third or a quarter. All the young people, Abner Jackson, all this. All the, her followers were so many. Even though she was not a pastor, she was not a deaconess, she was nothing. She was just an ordinary little girl. Through Sunday school, Aunt Marie, all of them. Her disciples were so many. Kweku is one of them. Kweku, ask him, Amma Mebwa. I said, is one of your, your, your madam. He's older than her by far. But. She was the one who was teaching her, him, the word of God. Small girl danger. Very highly anointed. She was operating in the realm of an apostle. Nobody commissioned her as an apostle, but she was operating in the realm of apostle. She has raised so many people and continues to do so. So it's, I'm not dealing with post. She was doing the work of the ministry. And today, people that she raised, they are still raising other people. Raising people. I met her at the... Uh, one, you know, our, 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 our former youth president, uh, Brian, Pastor Brian, was consecrated bishop last um, Friday. And she was there. And my brother-in-law too was consecrated a bishop. So I happened to be there and I saw him. And then she came there also. Hallelujah. Work of ministry. It has to do with raising, teaching people how to Serve God better to produce other people. That's it. That's the work of ministry. The fifth work we have to do is the workings of spiritual gifts. Working. First Corinthians 12, from verse 8 to 10, especially verse 9 and 10, deals with it. Says the gift of the works of faith, working of miracles. It means you must engage. Consciously, the gifts. Many of us we are gifted, but we are not engaged. And because of that, the gifts are not working. You are not looking for opportunity. You are you are gifted with prophecy. You are gifted with, 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 with word of knowledge. You are gifted with wisdom. You are gifted, but the many are, when you are coming to church, even on a Sunday, you are not prepared. <laughs> you are just coming. When you are going for, for any prayer meeting, you are just walking in zen, 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 zen. You just get to the meeting and the meeting closes. You are not expecting any, the Lord to speak and to minister to you in any way so that you will be a blessing to the church. You are waiting for the pastor to come highly anointed and, and, and cry out and break down and pull down and to and, 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 and Hallelujah. Establish. Break down. Pull down. Do everything. But you have the workings of the Spirit in you. 
When you work, how do you work? You wait on your ministry. You prepare. You look for people who have the same gift and calling, who you can identify with and chase them for spiritual compatibility and impartation. There are people, there, there, I, 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 I love people who teach the word of God very well. And I, I mean, if I see, I try to look for people like Derek Prince. If I can listen to him all day or half day or quarter day, I don't mind. I'm, I'm always looking for somebody like that. I'm happy to listen to Yongi Cho. Yongi Cho is one of the best teachers and preachers you ever Simple, easy preaching. No complicated stuff, but very loaded. He's, he's always conversing. His preaching is conversation. He hardly moves from the pulpit. Not like us. Forgive us if we do so, that. But everybody, everybody is different. The culture is different. But He's, he's highly anointed. So you look for people like that. You watch them. You listen to them. You, you receive them. You buy their books. You engage them. Even if you have to sow a seed of money into their ministry to prosper, you do it. We heard that yesterday, Reinhard Bonke has gone to be with the Lord. And everybody is talking about it. My friend... Reverend Apostle Niaposa. Incidentally, today, he has, because he believed in Bonke's ministry so much, we call him Bonke. He is so obsessed with wanting to be a preacher, an evangelist like Bonke. He has built a temple by the grace of God through his church. And today, this afternoon, from here, I'm going to the dedication. And the church is called Reinhard Bonke, um, uh, what do you call it? Temple. He has already put up the name, and Bonke passed yesterday. Ha! Isn't it an impartation? I can't wait for today, this afternoon's impartation. I believe that there will be some spiritual exchange. Because that is not by accident. You think you, for you, it's accident. It's, lot, it's, it's, it's lot, lottery or something. No, no, I don't think it was. That the day before he names his church after Renard Bonke, the Lord calls Renard Bonke. Hi! Something has dropped. Something has dropped, my sister. Something, and Bonke's ministry will not be the same. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You, people, we have to convert spiritual gifts. Endless, the Bible says, and endlessly convert. So that's the working. You work it. You look for the book. You look for the video. You look for the person. You look for the ministry. You try your best to tap into what God's grace is doing. That is the working of the gifts. Or the ministries that people have. And you cannot grow and be effective. And when you go to heaven, give a good account of the works that you have done. If you don't multiply. You don't. In- you see, Christianity is the best form of trading. Understanding business. If you want to understand. You see, in the parable of the, of the talents. The master said, what? couldn't you have given it to the exchanges? The traders? Stock exchange. The whole concept. Business came from there. It's from the Bible. The concept of investment and return on investment came from Joseph in, in, in Egypt. Joseph said, let's every year, whatever we put, let's put a, 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 a 20th or whatever it is for the next so many years, five years or seven years, into reserves so that we'll have some. It's investment. So we, many of us are not working our gifts, working our ministry, working our, because we are not investing anywhere. We are not investing time. We are not committed to anything and anything, anything that God is doing which is good. You are not interested. You just have your quiet time. It's good to have your quiet time. It's good to pray. It's good to go to church. But please, open up your spirit. Say, Lord, how can I? There are people around who have... I also want to multiply my grace that you are placed on. I don't want to be stagnant like the Dead Sea. Say amen. Work the gifts that God gives to you. Number six. I love this part. Work in the marketplace. The Bible talks about Gamaliel. Joseph of Arimathea. Talks about Nicodemus. These men and a woman called Esther. In her book, the name of God is not even mentioned. 
But she was a strategic person to advance the kingdom of God. Wherever God places you, it's also a work. You can make it, turn it around to be a work for God. And it's something God will ask us all. In our so-called secular career system, God is going to account of you. See, God said, uh, uh, Esther, uh, 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 the uncle of Esther said to her, don't you know that the Lord put you here for such a time as this? It means you should be doing some work. There is something in your so-called professional, secular, family setting, something. You need to stand up for something. You need to lift up your head for something. And sometimes it may make you unpopular within that cultural or social or political setting. I was telling the earlier church service, in my own family, it has not been easy for a born and bred Methodist die in the wool Methodist to stand here. Because in my village, the Methodist church is half owned by our church family. My family. So it's a major blow to the family to find myself here. It's not acceptable. It took something. One had to stand for something. And I think that the, the high point of standing up for something was in 1979 and when I was getting married. In 1979, when we, the, the June 4th revolution came, all the major businessmen left town, including my late uncle. And everybody went out of town. And that was when I also got in touch with Brother Nick, who is Archbishop. You know him today. And I was just so crazy for the Lord. Teaching about how so many things, the gifts of the Spirit and praying all night, all these type of spiritual things. And whilst we were getting excited, the old man came. And when he came, everybody, almost everybody in the house was speaking in tongues because I had taken them to the church and association. Everybody, we were fasting, we are doing everything. I said, what? We are all Methodists. Nobody is going anywhere. He summoned me. And all of us, nobody, Sunday, you go to Calvary or you stay at home. I went, I waited for a period, and I went to the old man and said, I, I feel I want to go to church. He said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go to Duncan Williams. He said, that rascal, don't follow him. Even his father was a crook. They, they, they said so many things. I said, please, Papa. Just that we used to call him, please, Papa. He said, please, Papa. Allow. So if you follow him, you will not make it in life. I said, Today, as I'm standing here, do I look like somebody who hasn't made it in life? Yeah. Amen. The rest is history. When I was going to get married, they said, Hey, you are going to marry a professional, doctor. <laughs> when you sign that court thing, that thing, they say, All the rich people who marry, they get, you take all our family assets. Tell me this one, come on. Do you know him? Do you know who him? Hey, nobody. All my family full of polygamy. Some had three wives, some had four wives, some had two. All the young men had, had two, three children before marrying. Say, at least if at all, if you want to do, if you say you still marry, at least my name test itself about what? Six months. Try <laughs> if you have be pregnant for six months before you go and commit. Because if you go and it doesn't happen, what will you do? And these are church going people. Believing that they were giving you good advice. Amen. But you can see that we didn't do that by the grace of God. Amen. It is a work in the marketplace. Yours may be different. Your trial may be different. But Gamaliel, standing up amongst the Pharisees, Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, Standing out, a member of the council, Nicodemus, standing out, is a work. You say, oh, me, I'm not a pastor, I'm not, so me, the thing, what does it do? You too, in that setting, stand up for Jesus. Let Christ be known. Let them know that because you are washed in the blood, because you are a Christian, you are taking a stand. Tell your neighbor, take a stand. Many of us 
compromise. Today, all the young people got married. Most of the young people got married after me. They all going to go to marry in church after me. Many of them, many of my relatives are now born again. Some of them are pastors. Different denominations. So somebody sometimes ought to take a stand. And God is calling us. If we say we are, then it, they all question our works. We may not preach like me or Reverend Dennis Rastabempoin, but your works in your home setting, your works in your work environment, your works in the political terrain, your works in any other atmosphere in that school will make a difference. Tell your neighbor, make a difference. In the time of Jesus, the disciples asked him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? They were referring to supernatural works. Miracles. You cannot be a child of God who is docile and doesn't believe in miracles. Is it Catherine Kuhlman or Benin who said, I believe in miracles. You got to believe in miracles. It's in your place to enjoy miracles. Hallelujah. If you die as a believer without experiencing the miracles of God, you would have shortchanged your life. Because the works of God, the disciples came to you. Me too, I want to work miracles. You too, you must convert, you must desire as a child of God. Lord, use me to bring healing. Use me to bring deliverance. Use me to preach. Use me to, 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 to bring understanding, revelation into this dark situation. Don't be content and just sit there and say, oh, it's for the pastors, it's for the deacons, it's for the... So, so. I've been saying it. If, you are, if, we, when, if we criticize, we don't want Obinim, we don't want uh, a pie life, we don't want uh, 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 a and all these guys, you to wear your own. You, you say you are genuine. You say you know the truth. You say you are anointed. You say you have where we to wear our own. So you got if you if you really want people to be healed and you don't want Obinim to give them false miracles. If you say you don't want all these guys to give them false revelations, you to get a genuine revelation for them. And it's not about pastor. It's about you. It's about me. It's about every child of God. To say I want to work the works of God. They went to Jesus. Say Lord. What must we do, John six twenty eight, that we might work the works of God? There is something called the works of God. And if you work the works of God, God will you will be remembered for the works of God. You will be remembered. Somebody may not be saved by just sharing four spiritual laws. But when there is a miracle, the Bible says when they saw the miracle, they could not question Jesus. The, 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 the disciples, they could not question what they were saying. They had to believe. So there is a realm of preaching and realm of Christianity that without the supernatural, we are incomplete. It doesn't make it complete. We can preach very good, wise sermons and messages which make sense, which can sit into people's hearts and change them. But at a certain realm, the supernatural must speak. And every child of God must long for the supernatural. Genuine supernatural, not fake supernatural. You must believe God for healing for your children, for your husband, for your wife. And not only healing, but miracles. And God will hold us to the end. And our testimony in Revelation 14, 13, the works do follow them. It includes the supernatural works. Say amen. Let us note one or two things before we pray. You cannot... Work the works of God without God in partnership. In 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. So we together working with God. Any work we do without God. And when you say working together, what it means is that, number one, working according to the, rest, the call or the response of God. Number one. Number two, working together with God. God's timing. One of the things that many believers miss is the timing of God. You see, Paul was going somewhere. God showed him in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 to 8, that timing and location are significant in the workings of God. Don't be little. Don't, where you are at a particular divine time, David, uh, uh, Jacob, 
he had to be at a particular place to receive the revelation that he had. Timing, spiritual timing, times and seasons. That's why we need to, we, we don't walk as mere men. As, that's why the scripture says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children. We don't walk anywhere. Somebody, you are going somewhere. So let's go. I remember many years ago, a brother came to, uh, a pastor who came, he was leaving his church. And he came to the airport residential area where Archbishop used to live in his father's house. And this man was leaving to go and resign in his church in Tema. And the, the, uh, Pastor Leslie, Leslie Tex, he was going to sit in the car. A new, brand new car, BMW. And Leslie, don't go, Leslie, sit down. Get down. In less than 10 minutes, that man of God, that we all respected, he had, if he was preaching here, everybody would shake. Fire! I've never seen a man preach. Students hostel, when he's preaching, you feel the heat of the fire. Powerful, anointed, daring. He could confront witches, wizards, shrines. Overnight, he attended the whole of Eastern region, crusades. Power, anointed guy. Within hour, uh, uh, less than an hour, he had passed. Leslie would have died with him. So, when you, you are talking about the works of God, timing is critical. God told Paul, hey, don't go to this place. Say, I want to go here. The Holy Spirit said, don't go there. And he said, come over to Macedonia. Working the works of God is in partnership with God. If you can't, we, if you want to work the works of God, we must learn to work with the Holy Spirit and work with the times and the seasons of God. The location of God. It's not everywhere you, you, you just go because we, oh, I'm an evangelist. I'm so, so, and so. No. There is a time there is a season, there is a location, there is an empowerment, there is an instruction to obey. As we wind up, beloved, we cannot work the works of God with the wrong motive. Jeremiah 17 tells us, verse 10, God examines our motives, our intents. The things that go on why are we doing the works that we are doing? What drives you? What moves you? Let it not be covetousness. Let it not be competition. Let it not be because of money. Let it not be for eye service. Let it not be because of fame. Let it not be for the wrong motive. But let it be because you love the Lord. Let it be because there is faith. Let it be because you want the righteousness of God to be stretched from the north to the south, from the east to the west. You want to be a channel to let the earth be filled with the knowledge of God. Let it not be out of slothfulness where you are often to be cranked up all the time. I pray that God will give us understanding in what it means to work for Him so that we don't look for approval, endorsement from men, nor from systems. It's sad when you see many believers say, oh, I did this thing. Nobody knew, noticed me. So I'm tired. Don't be wary because men don't recognize you. Even churches or denominations, bishops, archbishops or whoever does not recognize you. Let God note you, note you and let God bless you. Let God remember you on that day and say to you, like he said to the servant in Matthew 25, verse 21. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Pray that God will open your eyes to see his works. There is, the field is white. There are many opportunities to labor. That's why we sang, go labor on. Be it evangelistic, teaching, anywhere. But find your place. And don't be in one place. Many people are gifted to be multiple. Be where God wants you to be at any given time. Don't say, I'm gifted so I can do what I like. I can go where I want to go. I can choose the time I want to move. No, you are not of your own. I'm not of my own. Any movement I make, as I am called, I have to hear the voice of God. You too, you need to move to where God has sent to you. Don't go there because the crowd is moving there. Don't follow because everybody is going there. 
Don't feel inadequate because everybody seemed to be leaving you. Jesus, at a point, the, the, the disciples, everybody left him in chapter, John chapter 6. said, will you also go away? And they asked, to whom shall we go? You also need to decide at a point in time, in your specific ministry. Church can only provo- provide you a cue. CLCC is only a small fragment of the opportunities of God's work for you in the ministry. There's a lot more for you. But you must build a solid foundation in the church. I pray that God will open your eyes to see and to understand what it means to work for God. Say, Lord, I want to work. Not only full time. Not only when you are working in a church office or church administration or church, whatever. But any opportunity that you get that you count worthy as working for God. May God open your eyes to see the fullness of the measure of the labor for the Lord. For your labor for the Lord, the scripture said, will not be in vain. Say, Lord, teach me to labor aright. Teach me to invest in the kingdom aright. I pray, O Lord, for grace. That my labor will not be in vain. But my commitment will not be in vain. But my effort will not be in vain. I lay my life down, O Lord, holy to you. Give yourself holy to the Lord. Holy. In all spheres. I thank you Lord. Help me. Help my brethren. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Establish your work. In my life. Make my life complete in you. Help me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah.